more room for the Bible. Uh, yeah, so grab your Bible, and we will be in Acts chapter 15. Um, there will maybe also be a little more uh, switching back and forth than normal, but we'll try to make it not too much. Um, and if not, then you can also just keep it here and then just see the references on the on the slides as well. Um, so in a little moment, I'll just uh, a real read together. But uh, yes, like Joseph said, it was... Um, Something happens here in this uh, text that kind of challenges what Paul and Barnabas has just been doing for a year and a half. And so some some conflicts arise and it's nice. Again, we see how we see how honest Luke is. He doesn't present the church with no challenges and no conflicts. He he shows it he shows the early church like they are there. They are going to debate this, and it was an issue earlier when, when, when Peter even just wanted to share the gospel, and they were like, "You, you, you went in and ate with, uh, you went in and were with uncircumcised people," uh, but God had a plan to save those people, so they're still adjusting to that. But I got a little bit ahead of myself there. But let's read. Uh, so Acts 15, and we will read through 35. <clears throat> but some men came down from Judea, and they were teaching the brothers, unless you are circumcised, according to the customs of Moses, you cannot be saved. After this, Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and debate with them. Paul and Barnabas and some of the others were appointed to go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and to the elders about this question. So being sent on their way by the church, they passed through both Pushnikia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles, and brought great joy to all the brothers. When they came, to the Jerusalem, they were welcomed to the <coughs> sorry, welcomed by the church, the apostles and the elders, and they declared all that God had done with them. But some believers who belonged to the party of the Pharisees rose up and said, It is necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. And the apostles and elders were gathered together to consider this matter. And after they had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you, that by the mouth of the Gentiles, and by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now therefore, why are you putting, on, putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to hear, bear, not hear, bear. But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus, just as they will. And all the assembly fell silent, and they listened to Barnabas and Paul as they related what signs and wonders God has done through them among the Gentiles. 
After they finished speaking, James, James replied, Brothers, listen to me. Simeon has just related to you how God first visited the Gentiles to take from them a people for his name. And, and with this, the words of the prophet agree, just as it is written. And after this I will return and rebuild the tent of David that has fallen. I will build its ruin and it re restore it. I will restore it, that the remnant of the mankind may seek the Lord. And that they'll, and all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who will make these things known from old. Therefore my judgment is that we should not trouble those of the Gentiles who turn to God, but should write to them to abstain from the things polluted by idols and from sexual immorality and from what has been strangled and from blood. From a, for from ancient generations Moses has been, Moses has in every city of those who proclaim him, for he has been read every Sabbath in the synagogues. Then it seemed good to the apostles and to the elders with the whole church to choose from them, choose from among them and send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. They sent Judas, called Basabbas, and Silas, leading men among the brothers. With the following letter, the brothers, both the apostles and the elders, to the brothers who are of the Gentiles in Antioch and Syria and Celia, greetings. Since we have heard that some persons have gone out from us and troubled you with, with words unsettling your mind, although we gave them no no instruction. It has seemed good to us having to come with one accord to choose men and send them to you with our beloved Barnabas and Paul. Men who have risked their lives for the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas who themselves will tell you the same thing by word of mouth. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay no Lay on you no other great, great, greater burden than these requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols, and from blood, and from what has been strangled, and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourself from these things, you will do well. Farewell. So when they were sent off, they went, they gathered the congregation, and when they, so when they were sent off, they went down to Antioch, and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of the encouragement. And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged them and strengthened the brothers with many words. And after they spent some time, they were sent off in peace by the brothers to, choose, to those who had sent them. But Paul and Barnabas remained in Antioch teaching and preaching the word of the Lord with many others also. This is the word of the Lord. <clears throat> so we come to this we come to this uh, intersection that some people have gone out 
and uh, yeah we can see there where they traveled down to Jerusalem and and another it's it's not like an afternoon it's like a it's more than a hundred miles uh, so these things when they travel from place to place since they don't have airplanes and stuff it's actually quite a walk both ways uh, so it takes some time to get back and forth um, but what has what has happened is that people that say that they're from Jerusalem come to Antioch and then they start teaching that that the Gentiles have to be circumcised. And not only that, they're actually the fir- in the first instance they're saying that they're not they're not saved by Jesus if they are not if they have not been circumcised. So the the first the first part there's a stronger wording like they're saying well they can't be they're not saved. It's like so are they not so are they not delivered? Like Paul and Barnabas has been on this tour and they've seen them come to know Jesus and they've seen people come to know uh yeah, come to know Jesus, give their lives to Jesus and, and become his disciples. But then these people come and say, No, 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 because if they've not been circumcised and if they don't obey the law, then they are not saved. They cannot be saved, they cannot be delivered. So they put on different they put a pressure on and say like, No, no, they have to be this way. And also for Paul and Barnabas, this is super frustrating. They just spent a year and a half to two years teaching. But if what if what these people are saying is true, then all that trip has been in vain. If they've been speaking about Jesus by faith alone, by grace alone, through what Jesus has done, but now these people come and say there's something else you have to do to be able to be delivered. And so as you can can imagine, Paul and Barnabas are not excited about these people. And so they debate them and said, like, they can't be true. Like, this is not true. This is not the way, this is not the way it works. <laughs> and be, and as we read Paul's letters, he has many, he has many great uh, disputes with people. In, 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 uh, I don't know if you think it's funny or not, but in, in Galatians 5.12, Paul calls for the people who continue to insist on this to, like, emasculate themselves if they're so happy about cutting in pieces in, in, in pieces some things and 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 it's also this it's this notion of like where paul draws out in romans and also i also read it back in in, in genesis the sign of circumcision comes after abraham's faith abraham had faith first and then came circumcision so so it's not a matter of what if it's by faith, then this work is not something that saves you. And uh, Paul also lays that out in different things. It's a, and so Paul and Barnabas see this as a, as an attack on the gospel. This is there's there's this is by faith in Jesus, by grace alone, not by that. And then I have to do something more. And and so it is a really important part. And now I'm going to descend into a, a, you can say an application of this and a discussion of this. Because uh, I think in in the time in the time that li- we live in, and maybe even inside the churches as well. But I think it's a part of the spirit of the age, this part of... And, and I mean, I guess it comes out of conflicts inside of churches and outside conflicts. And, and like somebody also says, this is, this is actually a picture of how conflicts should be dealt with. Also inside the church. 
they hear everyone and they see what has God done and then they come to an, they come to an agreement and that's what it is uh, and they believe it so strongly that James says no this is us and the Holy Spirit deciding this <clears throat> but the question that I think sometimes is today that comes up well can't we just agree to disagree uh, and so Paul and Paul and uh, Barnabas were saying, no, we cannot agree to disagree on this issue. This is an essential issue. This is not something we can just disagree, uh, agree to disagree on. And Paul and Peter also explains it, and we'll get to this later. Um, but this, I mean, I think this does no thing today. It's, just, it's so popular that, oh, but I can be right and you can be right at the same time. But it's a kind of an illogical, illogical way of thinking. Because if, and I know it goes against the postmodernism where you can be, I that's my truth and that's your truth, so we can both agree. But there's this is an essential thing about how how faith and grace works and what Jesus has done. So no, there are things, maybe not popular in the world, but there's things that are true and the things that are untrue. So no, we cannot just agree to disagree on primary issues of salvation. No, we cannot, and we should not. This doesn't mean that we are jerks about it. <laughs> doesn't mean we like don't do it in a good way. You know, we're supposed to be salt and light, so we can disagree with people in a good way, but stand firm on the things that we believe. And we talked about that a little way. We'll, like, we all live in culture and we're all shaped by culture. Now we have to be aware how it shapes us so that doesn't come in and, and, and continue to shape what we actually believe. So that's something to be taken into account of. The other ways that this can be done is like to here it's adding something in this in this instance is like you are it's faith by Jesus he saves you but but you have to do something so there's two things you can either you have to it's that and you add something or you can subtract something also or you can model a picture so I'll just go into like today like today what is it that sometimes can be added and. And in this case, it's like you have to be circumcised and you have to follow the Jewish law. But how can we avoid that people add something? How can we avoid adding something? Like yeah, some places where it's like, well, you can only be part of our church if you wear this. Uh, this is a dumb example, but we all have to wear the same clothes or else you're not saved. I know that's a dumb example because I just came up with it now. But uh, but there's other things like uh, not that long ago, or and still, like people would say, well, you cannot be saved unless you have spoken in tongues at some point. You cannot be saved if you haven't been baptized. You have not been saved if you have not had communion. Uh, some other people would say they would add things and say, well, I can also add uh, add add as as add Maria as my co-redemptist, which is a even the Pope has denied that. Um, and you can pray to others along with Jesus. So those are also uh, things that just adds to things. Like you either add to salvation, but I also have to do this work of praying to somebody five times a day or something. 
or we add something to our filter saying you have to have you have to wear this certain clothes, you have to do this or this or this. But that's all adding things that we haven't seen in the witness so far that they need to do. Or you can say, well, you know what? And the last time I said it, Abel just laughed. Like, you know, and it's kind of like, I think, part of the muddling. Well, all paths lead to God, you know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how we get there, you know. We go up a mountain and God is there. It doesn't matter how what path you take. Well, that's not true either, because that's not a witness either. No, we can't, because Jesus says many times that he's the only way. I am the Father of one. If you deny the Father, you deny me. And if you don't know me, you don't know the Father. And Peter says it, uh, and it's on the PowerPoint slide uh, from, from Peter. He says, there's salvation in no other name. Uh, Abel, the PowerPoint slide from First Peter. Uh, Unless I didn't make it. I thought this would be one. Uh, Yeah. But this should be a slide. One of the blue ones. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Well, you have to take my word for it. Um, it's just because I wrote it there. Okay, so uh, back to that. I was uh, sidetracking myself. So <laughs> the gospel is all-inclusive. It, uh, it goes out to all ethnic groups. But it's very exclusive because there's only one way in. And that's by faith, by grace, believing in Jesus' work. And that's what would be, be encountered here. Um... And then, but then there could also be this. Uh, this is me observing things. This could also be this unhelpful muddling of things, unhelpful use of language, even in songs and different things. One of the ones that I recoil at is we're all God's children, because I just don't think that's theological true when we t- when we read the Bible, because we're talking about adoption. We're talking about different things. We're all made in the image of God. Absolutely. That's why we have value, dignity, and worth. But we are not all the children of God. And if we preach that, and we don't preach repentance and faith in Jesus Christ, well, then people think that they're in the family. That's a muddling of things and not very helpful theological for people's training theological as well. As well. Sorry, this is going to be a rant because this is something that's kind of been frustrating to me as well. I'm observing sometimes that people want to lower the bar to get into the church. There's always only been one bar to be part of the the church. And that's what we're talking about. By faith, by grace in Jesus, that's how you become a part. That cannot be lowered and that cannot be heightened. I get frustrated when people in attempts then muddle other things. 
talk to people like they are all saved, like they are all part. When we clearly in the Bible see there's a clear division, when, when Paul writes his letters, often he addresses specifically that God blesses the believers, the people that are actually following Jesus. He greeted those ones. He asked them, for the people in Galatia that loves Jesus, grace and peace to you. And you would see that over and over again. But he would say about himself and everybody else in Galatians, but somebody comes and speaks a different gospel. An angel or somebody gets a prophecy or even that Paul himself would preach a different gospel. That they should be accursed, damned to go to hell. He's very strong on this. Many of the encouragements, like all of them, when we read them in context, we often pray for people, also unbelievers, and it's a little bit of a challenge for me because we say, like, let the peace of God's understanding. But in context, it is the people that are living out the mission of God that can have that type of peace. It is not given to people who are lying on the couch or have no intention of following Jesus. That would be bad for God to do. Why should that have a person have peace? No, he should have an inner concern that, the, that he's not doing what he's been called to do. Why have an inner great peace if you don't have Jesus. I'm already going, so I'll keep going. I get frustrated when people try to invite people in to the faith by, by inviting people in to give as little as they can of themselves. Like also in youth ministry, when men says like, how much can I do before I sin? No, it's the other way around. How much can I give of myself to Jesus so I can be mostly transformed into his image? Not how much can I keep of myself? No, how much can I become like Jesus? Like not confronting people's sin and not asking. If you have any idea, Identity that's bound up with something that's not Jesus, that's going to kill you in the long run. Asking people to repent and come to faith in Jesus, that is true life. It is frustrating because when we read Paul and Barnabas, their trips in the early church is not about not giving it all. They give it all. They give their lives to this. Paul and Barnabas are like, oh, should I, should, I, should I hold this back? No, they give it all. And people do that all over the world. People that me, Christ, give up everything. 
Because when they confess that, some of people would be thrown out of their families, they will lose their jobs, they might even be put to jail or beaten. And then sometimes in the West we're concerned about if people are offended by the smallest things. It's a very weak gospel if it's not about everything. Then it doesn't make any sense. Why would we come and give our lives to something? Why not invite people into the truth that it changes everything? And if it doesn't, have we really met Jesus then? We can also remove things. Well, Jesus loves me, so I don't need to, <laughs> I don't need to give up my sin. Because Jesus he loves me. So I can keep on going sinning. I can keep on going. I can keep up. I can keep going on sinning. You know, Jesus, He came so I could have my sin for myself. Typical refrain of this culture is, you know what? It's all about you know living my life so I don't hurt other people. You know, and then I can do whatever I want. Then nobody gets hurt. That's just not true. It's not true at all. Because you have parents, you have maybe you have kids. Like, like somebody said, no man is an island. I've said this before, and I lived it in my own life. I thought I could live my life without affecting my family or my mom and dad. But now I'm a parent myself. You can't. And you yourself is also a body, and sin is killing you and destroying you. So this is a nonsensical argument because if you're not killing anybody else you're killing yourself by the sin and it's destroying you that's why Jesus came not so you could have your sin but that you could get rid of it sin destroys us and separates us from God and other people Jesus did not come so we can have our sin came to set us free from our sin death and the wrath of God. We see Jesus as an inc- incredible care for sinners. All of us are those. But we never see Jesus say, go home and keep sinning. No, he doesn't. Every time he says, go and sin no more. It's an invitation into life, not into death. The science of all false teachers is that they will have personal gain. They will go after money and power, probably have sex with all sorts of people, and they would have large bellies full of food. Thank you for bearing with me on my little challenge and encouragement Paul and Barnabas dispute with them the church they send Paul and Barnabas to Jerusalem we got to figure out did these people actually come from Jerusalem and did we did we just spend a year and a half doing something that that we have to remake 
beautiful part of their trip is they go down, like I saw, saw before, they go down the coast, and they share the good news, they share the gospel in the different regions they go through. The one I was not able to pronounce over, and the other one was Samaria. They share the gospel there, and great joy. They don't share the gospel. They actually share how God changed the Gentiles, and that they believe the gospel, and that God was saving the Gentiles, and that brings great joy to those believers. That encouragement to us is just a short one, like, do we do the same? Like Joseph was saying, do we believe that our testimonies can actually change something? As we share with one another uh, how, God is, how God is working in and through us, do we believe that, even as Lena said, sharing what God does can change people's lives? Do we believe that it can be a great joy for one another? And we share as we're going on this journey of life. Then we have a switch, actually. As they come into Jerusalem, they switch. I didn't see it. I have to be honest, I didn't see it. But they switch. So all of a sudden, Barnabas is now mentioned first. And he has also been a believer a longer time. Maybe he's a little bit older, and he has a higher standing in the church. So now Barnabas, the whole time there in Jerusalem, he will be, his name would be first. They're welcomed by the elders, and they share what God's doing. Then the accusers say they have to, they have to obey. The Gentiles have to obey the law. It's a slight change here. They don't say that they can't be saved, man, but they say they still have to obey the law. Then, then they have the debates. Peter gets up and he says, you know, God saved the Gentiles by faith. I'm just going to read 7, uh, 7-11. I'll read 7-11 uh, again. Brothers, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that by my mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us, like all the way back in Acts 2. And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their heart by faith. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we have been able to bear? But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus just as they will. So he said, also, like, you don't save those people. God did. God cleansed their heart. By God cleansed their heart. God invited them in. God gave them his Holy Spirit. Then why are you not trying to put something on them, like putting on great burdens that our fathers, their forefathers could not do, and that we could not keep? The law was there to show that they couldn't do it and that somebody came and fulfilled the law. But they're trying to put it on them. Now it's like, no, they have to obey the law. I have to give some grace and mercy also. They grew up in this system. They grew up in this, ingrained in this. Their culture had formed this. This was how they grew up. This is how they understood things. But it's by grace through faith. And God did the work 
It wasn't their work that did it. Peter refutes that and says, no, it's God's work. Why are you testing God? Then you have a great silence. And Barnabas and, and Paul actually get to relate the rest of the things that God has done and the signs and the wonders that he did among the Gentiles. Then James, not the guy who got his head cut off, the other James, half-brother of Jesus, he gets up, he sums it up, what they've talked about, and he has a plan, and he helps them move forward. Before that, he cites, he cites the prophets Amos and Jeremiah that God was always going to save a people from the Gentiles. It's been the plan the whole time that he was going to take people and save them by grace. So they have corrected this false teaching that was trying to creep in. And they decided to send a letter back to Antioch of Syria. And not just a letter, they also sent Judas and Silas to explain what they've been talking about. An explanation of how to solve a good or solve the conflict here. And like I said in the beginning, Luke, as he keeps it real, he doesn't just show the good parts, but also the parts of where the church is struggling. What about the rules and different things that come up? Here the commentators don't really agree. They kind of depend on who we ask, say different things. I would agree with the sides that say it looks like the three things are so that the church can fellowship together and they can actually eat together. And we have some different references from that. Um, I don't know if I took them in, but when Paul talks in different places in Corinthians and Romans about, well, don't use your liberty so that somebody else takes offense. So if you're going to eat together, all of you, well, then probably you shouldn't eat pig. And the same thing today, like if you have a, somebody comes over who don't eat something, well, don't use your freedom to put them down if it's the brother in Christ. You say maybe today it's also wine, alcohol, different things. Like you don't, don't use your freedom to be a stumbling block. I think I have those slides somewhere, but maybe we get there. Um... Uh, so that they can be together, but also so the Gentiles is going to distinguish themselves for their culture. Uh, so they cannot, they are not allowed, they're not supposed to be sexually immoral. Um, they're not supposed to eat things that are, has uh, participate in things that are, have been <clears throat> associated with idol worship. So I just had to, question we ask ourselves, are we distinct? Not that we have to wear certain type of clothes or anything, but can people see that we're different? So in the letter they correct the things, we did not send these people, we're all in agreement, we're sending these guys back to you to explain the letter, we are in agreement with God, the Holy Spirit, that this is the way, that we don't want to burden you further, but you should avoid uh, being associated with idols, idols strangle, strangle things, and don't be sexually immoral. 
because it's such a big part of the culture in many of the places. It was just so normal. So the observer of today would say, well, very normal today also. So the sexual ethic in culture is so far what God had intended for good. If you look at movies, commercials, comedians, all sorts of things, it is so far away from that. We have a slide of what we believe about sexuality and marriage. Can you show that slide? And the reason why marriage is also there because that comes out of that. So we believe that marriage has been instituted by God. The church defines marriage as an exclusive covenant union between one man and one woman in which such union is a lifetime commitment. Even that part is very countercultural. B, even more. Sexual, legitimate sexual relations are ex- ex- exercised solely when marriage, hence sexual activities out, outside of marriage, are incompatible with the biblical witness. This is what we believe about how God has created us as sexual beings. We are not monkeys. We are not some developed things. We have passion as different things that God has given us, but this is the way those gifts are used. Not as what you see on TV, and not as what you see promoted over and over and over again. Here's the part about food. <laughs> so Romans 14, 1 Corinthians 18. Don't... Don't crush people because of your freedom of what you can eat. And then they send them back off. Then they come to Syria and Antioch, and we have great rejoicing. You don't have to find them, Abel. It's okay. We're about closing up. But if you go to the last couple of slides, the last two. Um, there's a great, uh, not that one, but the blue ones. Um, on one more back, I think. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, we'll get there. Um, there's great rejoicing as they come back. They teach them, and and at the end, Paul and Barnabas, they stay there and continue along with them. Summing all this up, the two views that we talked about, you can say there's a religious view. You can make a system where you have obey the rules, and by obeying the rules, you show your dedication to God, and that will prove to God that you're worthy of being saved. I'll be saved by my works. There's like a free view. Well, God loves me, so I don't have to obey him. I just follow my heart. I don't hurt others. There's really no wrong or right. What's true for me might not be true for you. Both systems has huge problems, and they all create pride or despair. If I'm good enough, I'm prideful. I'll look down on everybody else. Or I can't do it, I'll go to despair. Pride if we succeed. Despair if we don't. The two viewers don't deal with the problem. The core problem is our hearts. They need to be completely changed. 
So we can want to love God and out of God obey. Out of love obey. Uh, can you go to math, the Matthew one? I think it was the pink one. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul and with all your mind. This is a great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two things depends the whole law and the prophet. The issue is our hearts. Do we have hearts that long to love God? Or do we make a system that we prove that we can save ourselves? Or do we just reject everything God says? The good news is that the gospel deeds, deals with our heart and our mind and our soul. A full change in our identity, a new creation as, talked about, as Paul talked about. It's not about our works, but it's by faith, by grace, in Jesus' works on our behalf. Jesus, perfect one, eternally with the Father. God's eternal plan, because he knew we would mess up and sin, that he's sent in, live the perfect life, die a substitute your death, rise again, that we can have righteousness in him. That's the good news, available for everyone, if by faith we will receive it. That's how he deals with our sin, pain, guilt, and shame. It invites us to become totally new that we don't have to hold on to anything that's ours. But we can be totally made new. And we don't obey so God loves us. We obey because God has loved us. That is the gospel that we see that. And so from Ephesians 2, that's the, yeah. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and it is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God, not of ourself or your works, that no man may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works with God's prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. The good news of the gospel that they were so defending is you cannot add anything to the gospel, and you shouldn't, and you should not take anything from it, but value it, understand it, Continue to grasp it. And again, if you don't believe, I'm not going to call you to just like, I'll just give you a little bit. No. Jesus is asked, this is like the greatest man is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. It's not just like, oh, I'll try to let, no, it's, it's trusting in Jesus' work for everything. And that's the good news. Because you didn't have to work for it. You don't have to work real hard to get God to love you. He showed you in Christ that he already did. It's whether we accept it or not and live from that. 
because it's so great news. But I wonder if how sometimes it just gets to be a little too old. And that's why we encourage each other day by day. That's why we encourage each other on Sundays. That is still good news. We encourage you by encourage each other through the testimonies, through the songs, through praying for one another. No, this is true. This is the ultimate reality. This is the truth of who God is, that he's shown us that there is salvation in only Jesus. There's no other name of which we can be saved, but through Jesus. And that's the good news. We didn't have to make, make ourselves worth it. God made the offer, so that is for us as well. May we treasure that. May we cherish and treasure that and defend when other people try to either add or to take off. May we stand firm and say no by grace through faith in the work, perfect work of Jesus. Amen. Lord God, thank you so much. There's no way I can be saved if it should be my own works. Well, I thank you, Jesus, that you did the perfect work. While still in sin and darkness, you come in and through your life, death, and resurrection, you pull us out, can pull us out of darkness into the true light. And God, you're the one who cleanses our hearts. You're the one who gives us your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would help us be encouraged by that. Encourage others by that. That the, that the gospel is available for whoever believes. Lord, I pray that you would strengthen our spine, our courage, and even more, Lord, that you would help us to love you even more with our heart, mind, soul, and strength and our neighbors as well. Let's ask you to use us that we will be held and we will joyfully be used by you to proclaim this gospel to the world that desperately needs you. Come and fill our hearts and minds with your love and your grace and mercy. Help us to know that your power through the Holy Spirit is available in us by this faith you in your spirit come and reside in us help us be aware help us love and cherish this help us to live out our lives being a new creation in you Jesus to your glory and to your honor in Jesus name Amen And so you may stand up there at home. And, um, and so with each sermon, I want to never just tell you what you want to hear. Um, I want to support, encourage, and challenge you every time. If this one was very hard, um, well, I'm not really sorry. That's kind of part of my job, <laughs> to be encouraging in that way. Um, but of course, you're always welcome to reach out right also in a group you need somebody to talk to somebody to take a walk with you know joseph is also willing to do that if you're struggling with some of these things or some other thing
um, just because we are online doesn't mean that we cannot um, help one another out in prayer and with talks. So, uh, and I know you do, and we're so privileged. You are great to one another. So continue to do that. Um, so let's uh, receive the benediction from Romans 15. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. All glory to God. May you have a great, great week.